Hey everybody, how's it going? My name is Oren McIntyre. Now today, we have an incredibly important episode because today, I'm declaring my total victory over my friend, Academic Agent. Now in case you didn't know, Academic Agent and I have a running bet. We have what's been called Cigar Slam 2025. The bet was made a while back. I bet that the regime would continue to accelerate into wokeness, that they would be unable to control themselves, that they are true believers who are dedicated to their cause, and more importantly, that the mechanics of wokeness require this continued acceleration of ideology, that they would take reckless steps, that they would infuriate the wrong people, that they would drop the facade of democratic elections. This would be the way that the woke continue to accelerate. Academic agent believes that the woke will be put away, that the regime is at the end of the day cold and calculating, that they value power more than their woke ideology, that woke ideology is simply a tool of the powerful and the connected, and it used it's used for a specific purpose, but eventually that it gets put away, that once it becomes no longer useful, they just go ahead and bring out the next ideology. Maybe it's global warming, something like that, and they put it away. And obviously, we can see that there are all of these issues with wokeness that are causing huge problems in our society. You, you don't have a competency crisis because you're not elevating people based on their competency. You're, basing, you're elevating them based on the color of their skin. You have the problem of intertribal warfare among different parts of the left over issues like Palestine and Israel. You have all kinds of conflicts cropping up due to wokeness, the, the simple fact that the universities can no longer function. It should be clear that wokeness is a problem. So according to academic agents' theory, the woke should be put away. It should start be putting away because it's causing too many problems. It's no longer a good, uh, a good reason and no longer a good ideology for them to advance, and they need to go ahead and switch to something else. But I think there's been a series of victories that have just shown that the wokeness is not going away, that the left is going to continue to accelerate, continue to destroy things, continue to break the things that made America and the wider Western project work in their, uh, in their desire for power. And I think I can safely say without a doubt that the woke will not be put away and that I can declare total victory in Cigar Slam. Now, to be clear, Academic Agent has changed the terms of this deal many times. Originally, the bet was for a box of cigars. But I think early on, he knew that his bet was not that great. And so he dialed it down to a cigar. And then, you know, there, there was no date about when this was going to happen. There's no rules. And slowly but surely, he pushed the date further and further out. I think at this point, he's saying it's, it's 2025 or something when we're supposed to figure this out. But I think that the evidence is so overwhelming that it's time for me to declare victory. And I think the final nail in this cough is, is, of course, the news that came out yesterday that Colorado has removed Donald Trump from their ballot. The Supreme Court has said that it is okay to remove Donald Trump from their ballot under the 14th Amendment. Now, that is very clearly an insane move. If you were the regime, you would never do this. This is the, the way to make it clear to people the democracy is rot not real that it's all fake that it's all controlled that the le that elections will not be elections will not be legitimate that, that's that's a suicidal move for people who understand that they need to control things with soft power but they've done it anyway they've started this process 
I think that's that's a definitive move. We're going to get into all that, guys. I want to explain what happened with Trump. I want to look at some of the other other evidence that I had lined up against academic agent. Before we do all of that, let's go ahead and hear about ISI. Universities today aren't just neglecting real education. They're actively undermining it, and we can't let them get away with it. America was made for an educated and engaged citizenry. The Intercollegiate Studies Institute is here to help. ISI offers programs and opportunities for conservative students across the country. ISI understands that conservatives and right-of-center students feel isolated on college campuses and that you're often fighting for your own reputation, dignity, and future. Through ISI, you can learn about what Russell Kirk called the permanent things, the philosophical and political teachings that shaped and made Western civilization great. ISI offers many opportunities to jumpstart your career. They have fellowships at some of the nation's top conservative publications like National Review, The American Conservative, and The College Thinker. If you're a graduate student, ISI offers funding opportunities to sponsor the next great generation of college professors. Through ISI, you can work with conservative thinkers who are making a difference. Thinkers like Chris Rufo, who currently has an ISI researcher helping him with his book. But perhaps most importantly, ISI offers college students a community of people that can help them grow. If you're a college student, ISI can help you start a student organization or a student newspaper or meet other like-minded students at their various conferences and events. ISI is here to educate the next generation of great Americans. To learn more, go to ISI.org. That's ISI.org. All right, guys. So I want to get a couple things out of the way. First, when we talk about this bet, I want to make it clear. I am not happy that the things that are happening are happening. I know that this is this is kind of a joke. This is us you know, having fun with a terrible situation. But obviously, the events that are occurring in America right now are horrific. Like the, this is this is very dangerous stuff. This is fire that they are playing with that puts uh, that puts the Constitution into an incredible crisis. That puts the government into crisis. That ratchets up polarity on all political sides. Uh, they're playing Radio Rwanda over these movies that I'm going to show you in a second. And so I want to be very clear that while we're having fun with this for the second, I understand the the, the gravity of this. I'm not happy about all of this. But if Rome's going to be on fire and you can't do anything about it, you you might as well, I guess, make a joke here. And, and that that's kind of what we're doing here. So, so I want to make that clear. I, I'm not reveling in this, but I did call this. I, I did. I made an accurate prediction because I could see what was going on with these people. And, and this is more about the accuracy of that prediction than being happy about any given event we're going to be talking about, because I'm certainly not happy about any of the evidence I'm about to present to you that the woke is not going away. I wish the woke would go away, but it isn't. So th this is more about talking about the accuracy of that prediction, why it was accurate, and, and what evidence I think is critical to look at when we're looking at the wokeness and why it's accelerating. The second thing I want to explain is that I think that academic agent is correct. His theory about the woke being put away would be correct if the people in charge were the kind of cunning, cold overminds that he thinks they are. If they really were as in control of themselves, they had that level of self-control that he believes that they do, they would do exactly what he suggested. So I'm not saying the academic agent is wrong about the prescription for what the powerful should do i just think he misunderstands the nature of those currently in power and more importantly the nature of the zeitgeist the the, the way in which they are subject to their own story see academic agent and i agree about 90 percent about the way that politics work we both we both agree with the italian elite theorists that the elites drive 
most of public opinion that they drive, most of politics, that democracy, that popular sovereignty is not really a thing and it never can be. And so the thing, if you want to understand the moves in politics, is not to look at the understanding of the average person or the opinion of the average person, but to look at the the power working on the elites. The only difference we have is not this general political analysis about the mechanisms of power, but about this small disagreement about the way that our current set of elites understand the events happening around them. Academic agent believes them to be cold and calculating guys who are in control of what's happening as where I believe that they are a degraded form of elite and that more importantly, they have drank their own Kool-Aid. The, the story they are telling is no longer a convenient uh, political uh, uh, formula that they're just telling people uh, a noble lie that they're telling people so that they can retain power. Instead, I believe that it is something that they have fully invested in and that they are being drugged along with their own story. So I have more of a uh, Gatano Mosca or even Curtis Yarvin understanding of elites as where uh, academic agent has more of a Wilfredo Paredo's understanding of the purpose of the elites and their current formula. So that's kind of the battle where we're in some ways rehashing a debate that's been in a um, in elite theory as long as it's existed. You know, Gatano Mosca and and um, the Fredo Pareto disagreed about this, and then Sam Francis and Paul Godfrey disagreed about this. And I'm more with Mosca and Godfrey, and Academic Agent is more with Pareto and uh, guys like Sam Francis or maybe maybe James Burnham. And so I think that 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 split, that fundamental split inside a a discipline of political analysis that we mostly agree on is, is where this battle lies. All right. So what's my evidence? Why am I declaring complete victory? Why am I dropping the elbow on academic agent? All right. So there's been many reasons over, over the years, uh, over the, the year or so that this bet has existed. Cigar slam has existed. There, there was of course the fact that during, after a trans shooter murdered children, the regime sided with the trans community and not the Christians that were murdered. That, that was a huge point that woke was, was not going away, even in the middle of a massive crisis. The way that the federal government has gone after Donald Trump, they have indicted him on, on so many things. They have raided his home. Uh, that was another, I think, key point that they have accelerated what they're doing. and the, Their, their uh, prosecution of Trump makes it clear that they are willing to mess with the entire formula. They're, they're not careful about anything about the critical parts of the illusion of democracy they're they're abandoning that all of these are i think i think steps towards showing that academic agents position is just untenable however there was a series of events that have occurred over the last week that i think just put the nail in the coffin i think he's been wrong for a long time i think it's been clear that he's been wrong for a long time however i think in the last week th there's just been un incontrovertible evidence that that he is losing this bet so it all started with uh, this movie that came out on Netflix. I have not seen it, but I, I have seen the clips from it. And in this movie called Leave the World Behind, uh, it kind of there's a there's a monologue in it. And one of the characters, it's it's two black characters laying in bed. And one of them says, remember, this is a this is like a post apocalyptic thing. So they're talking about survival in the post apocalypse. And one of the characters says, uh, if the world falls apart, trust should not be doled out easily to anyone, especially white people. Now, 
we're used to, I think, at this point, unfortunately, a large amount of anti-white bias in media. I think it's very clear that that is a message that is being pushed. I think that the media is interested in Radio Rwanda stuff. They want to drive people to a fever pitch. It's part of their ideology, It's and it's part of their belief system, but it's also part of their divisive nature that they, they want to create this, uh, this split inside uh, kind of the polity. Uh, and increase ratchet up this tension uh but it you know it's become more and more blatant the fact that they're just directly saying in large you know mainstream popular entertainment this isn't just like fringe weird movies or you know things that college kids are making this is stuff that's getting you know mainstream front page splash advertisements at places like netflix now you think that this would be obviously a win for me, right? You would say, okay, well, you believe that the woke is accelerating, that it won't be put away, and Netflix is throwing out blatant anti-white propaganda in their entertainment like this. So obviously this is a win for you, but no, says academic agent who goes by Roland Rat on, uh, on, on uh, Twitter. He says, I expect this to be one of the last films in the woke cycle. Novel was written in 2020, writes one in 2021, produced in early 2022, I expect, <coughs> excuse me, I expect no new woke uh, movies produced in 2023 itself released next year to be made. If they are, Orrin McIntyre will likely win the cigar, used to be a box of cigars, uh, w will likely win the cigar, cigar, but I am confident. Now, I want to say he said the exact same thing uh, about kind of the split that would happen in the left uh, once the uh, events in Gaza happened. I feel like he already took the L there. I feel like there's already a definitive, definitive L when it turned out the pro-Palestinian side started winning on campuses. Uh, but, but you know, he's got to he's got to reassess this. He's got to move the goalposts all the time. Uh, but it's great because as soon as he said this, you know, I just went down there as like, oh, buddy, if that's the best, if that's the bet, if that's the bet, then you can just ship me the cigar now, right? Like th this is over. It, it's so clear that I have won if you're if you're going to make a mistake like this when he when he sets a a goal like this it's so obvious that I'm going to win I knew that this was going to be uh something that he would just uh end up destroying himself but there's no way that this would be the correct prediction and lo and behold let's take a look at this so this was December 9th when he made this prediction and lo and behold uh what did we see just a few days later We see this trailer. All right, let me show you this trailer and play a little bit of this trailer. Now, this this is uh, this is on December fifteenth, so like a week later, barely a week later, we get this trailer. This trailer is for a movie called The American Society of Magical Negroes. Uh, YouTube, please. I am reading. I'm reading the title of the movie. Okay, I did not make that up. Uh, when I saw that, I almost spit up my drink. Uh, I, I was like, there's no way this is real. I immediately went and searched to see if it was a parody. It is not. It is a real movie. It is coming out in 2024. I promise I did not make this up, uh, though I would not be surprised if, if like, uh, you know, uh, someone like slipped in undercover and somehow got this movie made as a as a joke. Uh, however, let me go ahead and play you just a little bit. Just get a little taste of this movie trailer. Uh, step, step, step. 
I know you can feel their discomfort, Aaron. Watching you walk through a room full of white people was the most painful thing I've ever seen. Just kidding. Sorry. I don't want to take you to a job interview. There's a recruiting class starting right now, and we got to get you in it. Welcome to the American Society of Magical Negroes. Okay, so watching him walk through a room of white people is the most painful thing this guy has ever seen, right? That, that's where we're starting. That, that's just the first couple seconds of this movie. And it looks like it's Harry Potter, but for people who want to, like, not like white people, it's that seemed like that 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 seems to be uh that seems to be the premise of the movie let's let's watch a little bit bit more here so i don't really understand it's easier to say what's the most dangerous animal on the planet sure white people when they feel what's the most dan dangerous animal on the planet that's the line what's the most dangerous animal on the planet he says shark he said no white people white people I want to remind you, this is five days after academic agent bets that we're done with, with wokeness. It's over. Woke movies, they're toast. This is going to be it. This is, this is going to be the end. Five days later, white people, the most dangerous thing on the planet. Feel uncomfortable. White people feeling uncomfortable precedes a lot of bad stuff for us. That's why we fight white discomfort every day. Because the happier they are, the safer we are. So the purpose of this movie is apparently that there's like a magical Harry Potter. There's like a Hogwarts where they they teach black people to make white people happy so white people don't become uncomfortable and then become dangerous. Okay. This is the premise of the movie. We're, we're five days away from Academic Agent making the bet that we're, this is it, we're done. This is the peak of woke movies. It can't get worse than that. There's no way that they're going to release more mainstream movies. You know, we're not going to get 2024 movies that time. Oh, 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 it gets worse. The name is a little updating, maybe like magical black people, or I guess that doesn't have the same ring. Get ready. Oh, wow. Your first client is a Jason Munn. His morale is far too low. Hey. Hey. Darn it. I was hoping there was a station right next to him. Oh, is this one spoken for? No. Yeah, it's actually fun and weirdly relaxing. It's like being a secret agent with none of the danger. Hey, I'm Lizzie. Nice to meet nice you. To meet so his job is basically like go around and like make white people happy so they're not dangerous to black people. You, you get you get the idea of the movie. All right, so I figured that was enough, right? Academic agent had set the bar. We had the goal. Yeah, you know, we knew what the goal was. That you know, if if you have this new movie, if you have any more movies that come out, you know, this is peak wokeness. That's as bad as movies are going to get. It's it's not going to get any worse than that, right? There's no way that events could accelerate even further. There's no way that there could be another major shakeup that could be even any. I mean, how could we need any evidence beyond that? That itself should be clearly enough. I mean, how could the regime make it any more clear that the woke isn't going away? Oh. Oh, okay. So uh, Colorado Supreme Court rules that Trump is disqualified from the state's ballot over insurrection indictment. The Colorado Supreme Court overturned a lower court's ruling on Tuesday and said that the former uh, President Donald Trump was disqualified from appearing on the state's ballot over his alleged indictment 
of insurrection. However, the court allowed time for the former president to file an appeal by staying the effect of the ruling until January 4th. So I told people for a long time, I warned people about this, that the language being used by the media was very specific. Before the events of January 6th, you had never heard anyone in the media, media talk about an insurrection, okay? Uh, you know, th there had been no no talk about insurrections being planned. No one had ever been accused of an insurrection, planning an insurrection. Maybe they'd say treason, but no one ever used the word insurrection. And the fact that everyone in the media, from the New York Times to MSNBC to CNN, all suddenly synced up, you know, Washington Post, they all suddenly had the exact same term for what happened in January 6th. Not a riot, not a protest. Uh, not not even like oh violence or something like that. Not even treason or, or mutiny or something. Specifically, insurrection. Very strange, right? That they would choose that specific term. Why would they choose the term insurrection? And I warned everybody that the Fourteenth Amendment was their goal. That 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 uh, had been chosen for a very particular reason. That they wanted to exploit a constitutional. Provision. Now, for those who are unfamiliar, the 14th Amendment was passed after the Civil War. And the 14th Amendment is one of the most abused pieces of constitutional language that we have. Okay. Uh, this is up there with like the Commerce Clause for just creating infinite amount of growth. In fact, it's beyond the Commerce Clause at this point for creating an infinite amount of growth and power for the government. So the way that the 14th Amendment works is that they said, you know, there, there's the equal protection under the law, right? And that the extension of that phrase, equal protection under the law, and the 14th Amendment has been wildly abused, okay? It's been wildly abused by the Supreme Court to basically turn a large amount of civil rights law into just everything. It applies to everything all the time. The government has infinite power when it comes to making sure that the law is applied equally to people. And so it, it vastly increased the power of the government just in that phrase. It also defines what a citizen is. And this is where you get uh, birth or this is where you get like uh, uh, birthright citizenship. This is where you get uh, kind of the, the anchor baby phenomenon. It comes from this. Now, the 14th Amendment was very clearly designed for a very specific reason. It's post the Civil War and it's trying to explain why black americans who were born as slaves are actually citizens for the united states for the purpose of things like elections they wanted to make sure that states that were trying to figure out whether former slaves were technically americans and citizens that it made it clear what constituted an american citizen and so that part of section one of the 14th amendment is there to to make it clear who is an american um and, and that's kind of the idea of uh, of why that existed that has been exploited by illegal immigration uh, anybody who gets onto american soil and is born here is automatically an american citizen due to the 14th amendment so the 14th amendment has been exploited in a lot of ways it's been exploited through civil rights rights law it's been exploited through immigration law it's just riddled with holes the 14th amendment basically says whatever the court wants it to say just true of the constitution all the time sorry conservatives that the, the Democrats, right or wrong, or, or Democrats, for better or for worse, are right about uh, uh, the, the living nature of a constitution, but we can get into that at another time. So they have, this is a very exploited uh, provision 
in the Constitution, a very exploited amendment. However, Section 3 is the part that they are hitting on. It says, no person shall be a senator or a representative in Congress or an elector of the president or vice president, so part of the Electoral College, or hold any office, civil or military, under the United States or any other state who, having previously taken an oath as a member of Congress or as an officer of the United States or as a member of any state legislature or as an executive or judicial officer of any state to support the Constitution of the United States shall be engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same. So there you go. That's the key trigger. So why did they go after Trump this way? Shouldn't it be enough to just lock him up, right? You just lock him up and then he can't run for president. Actually, no, because in the Constitution, there are only three provisions, there are only three requirements for what the what the president needs to be to run. You have to meet three requirements. You have to be 35 years old. You need to be uh, you need to have been a natural born citizen. You can't be an immigrant and you have to uh, you have to have been a resident for 14 years. So you can't like move to Germany, live there until you're 34, move here at 35 and then run for president. You can run for president for jail. You can be a convicted felon. Uh, you could be a serial killer and run for president. There is no requirement when it comes to legality. So all of their attempts to go ahead and indict Trump, all of their attempts to arrest him, all their attempts to convict him, they wouldn't actually keep him from running for president. However, the one thing that could is the one other requirement that was added through the 14th Amendment, which is the restriction on those who have participated in insurrection after taking an oath. And since Trump was sworn in as president and took the oath of office, he qualifies under the 14th Amendment if he can get it to stick. There's only one problem, however. That's not real because Trump has never been charged with insurrection. He's been charged with all kinds of other things. He's been charged with all kinds of other crimes, all other all kinds of violations, but he has never been charged with insurrection, which means it doesn't fall under the 14th Amendment. However, despite the fact that he has never been charged with the crime that triggers the 14th Amendment, Colorado just kind of ignored that and decided to try to remove him from the ballot. Hold on. Hold on. Who is that? Who is it? What is it? Oh, no. <laughs> what is this? Academic? What are you doing here? Your time's up, McIntyre. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard enough. I've heard enough. Um, come on. There's a lot of there's a lot of skullduggery and shenanigans that have gone on in the past 27 minutes, and I'm here to set the record straight. First, look, of all. I, I think it's clear to everyone that you have been completely destroyed. Your arguments are done. Trump has been removed from the ballot already <laughs> yeah. in one state. How can you possibly tell me the woke is is getting put away? <laughs> I mean, okay. Am I able to share my screen for a second? Uh, because... I think you'd have to add it. Yeah, I think you have to add it here. I don't okay, think. Okay, so right. First of all, I need to clear up a couple of legalities about the actual bet itself. Okay. All right. <laughs> because um, if we go back to the original bet, fourteenth of May, twenty twenty three. Aaron says, happy to put some cigars on the line. Okay, I don't know why you got this idea it was a box of cigars from. In well, my they, they mind, only it come always... in, in one or box. These are the units of distribution. <laughs> I thought it was clear. I mean, in my mind, it was a single Padron 1926 uh, from you to me. Or, if you win, 
I can get I can ship you one of my special Cubans, which I know is difficult to get in America. But let me just read the original bet a second, okay? It's a deal, but we need a date. Let's say the 14th of May 2025. Now I just want everybody here to check the date. What is the date today? It is <laughs> December the 20th, 2023. So by my calculations, you're declaring victory a whole year early, even more than a year, 14 months early for a start. So yeah. that's well, the, 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 this is the mercy rule. It's so clear that you've been destroyed. I'm just trying to save you the indignity <laughs> of having to go through another year of this. So that's the first thing. OK, I said in exactly two years from now, if woke is obviously intensified by then, you win. If we're living through a UK general election in which both parties are trying to anti-woke each other, which they are, by the way, the Conservatives and Labour in this country are now both anti-immigration parties, apparently. Um, uh, uh, and we're during a Trump presidency. I win. And then I put an asterisk there. And I'm saying if it's an obviously non-woke Dem president, that also counts. Um, and I'm trying to think of who an obviously non work like, I mean, I don't think there is such a figure that exists right now. Yeah. Even RFK is, is woke, even though he's like, you know. Yeah. I, I wouldn't, back. I wouldn't, it, RFK wouldn't, and RFK is kind of anti-regime, but he's not anti, he's not overtly anti-woke, but I don't know if they, like, I, I saw a story the other day that The Rock had, you know, the actual wrestler, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson had gone to the Pentagon and was meeting about a possible presidential run. Let's pretend The Rock comes out, but he's like anti-woke as well. <laughs> I mean, if The Rock became the president instead of Trump, it would still be a notch, you know. That would well, then we're count. literally in the idiocracy, right? <laughs> like the, 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 yeah, but I mean, the, the, the bet is not over. <laughs> the bet is not over whether the future world isn't, I mean, we're going to go into the idiocracy no matter who wins, right? We're there already. What the bet is, is the woke going to be, you know, is the woke directionally going to be, is it obviously going to be put away by the 14th of May? Now, I have a number of data points, Aaron, because you've just had 27 minutes in which you ran your mouth in front of these <laughs> great fans here, these great, <laughs> these great American fans of yours, and they deserve better, McIntyre, okay? And I've got some data points to show you that 2023 actually was an anti-woke hurricane. Okay, it was a hurricane. So. Okay, I'm ready for this. All right. Okay. All right. Have you? Did you make a slideshow while I was? Doing I've not, well, it's just one slide. Just okay. one slide. That's like wow. But you know, well, I couldn't bring a chair, but I brought a slide. <laughs> this, this is, is my intellectual version of the steel chair. A chair shot. Yeah. Look. <laughs> 10 signals that I will win. And I'll note that I haven't put any UK-centric points. Like That's this. important because I do think, I will say, I do think there's a divergence here. I think America, uh, our elites are way more insane, which makes sense because we are the like the, the ground zero for this. Um, so I think I think you might win in the UK and I might win in America, but we'll, we'll have to see. Anyway, go ahead. So here are 10 signals that I will win, okay? First right. thing is the polls, okay? And I don't think this can be overlooked versus 2016 or 2020, right? Trump 
in some current polls by Harris are is eight points up on Biden. Even in the most regime friendly polls, Trump is still winning, right, by three or four points. This is a very different ballpark from the days where do you remember that do you remember for a long time Trump had about 33% of core base support? But then he struggled with the independence and he struggled to get over that line. Now Trump comfortably is ahead of Biden in all the head to heads, uh, apart from in one poll where they, for some reason, put Nikki Haley on the ballot yeah. and Nikki Haley was like 50 50 or something. Right. But if you have a look at the at the 538 poll of polls, it, it's very clear that Trump uh, is well ahead of Biden. Um and this puts the whole election in a different ballpark because it, it not only means that Trump is the kind of favorite of the Republicans or this base of kind of hardcore MAGA heads, he is actually the favorite to win the election. That is, he is America's favorite going in. Okay? Now, now there, I think we, we have to, when we're looking at polls, we have to bring up two things. I do think you're right that there's some interesting things happening with polls, but two things, two caveats we need to look at here. First, you have to remember how inaccurate the polling was leading up to Trump's original win, right? He was given a nine, Hillary Clinton was given a 97% chance yes. to win going into the election. Obviously, those results were bunk. And so if you're looking at the comparison between the two polls, that cannot be a reliable comparison by definition because the polling was obviously garbage. And what you're assuming is that the polling was fine then and the polling is now is now good and you're comparing those results. But they're uncomparable because the, the data was well, wrong. It was completely bunk. But, but you see, back then, the polls, I'm not saying the polls were rigged, but the, the, the pollsters, you know, you can listen to Richard Barris or people like that about this. The pollsters deliberately weight it to, um, you know, they kind of rig their samples a little bit to almost kind of, uh, you know, manufacture the results because the polling itself was a form of persuasion. We saw this in 2020. We saw it in 2016. And it was a way of helping the Democrats win. In this election, either they've changed the way they do polling or Trump is so overwhelmingly in front in in the actual polls that they have no choice but to show this. Either way, the messaging we're getting from the regime and all its arms, 538 is not like a MAGA, like a MAGA-friendly publication or anything. The media are telling us Trump is going to win, right? So I'm just saying the messaging is very different going into this election than it has been before. The other thing is that if you think of, uh, you know, some people would say DeSantis, uh, Haley, uh, Christie, all these clowns are on the Republican ballot um, in, in the primaries. Uh, you know, you've had this whole clown show of the primaries going on. Trump is just refusing to appear on any of them, which is the correct move. Right. Um, he is 50 points in front. If you have a look at the 538 poll of polls, uh, the Trump versus DeSantis head-to-head or Trump versus Haley. It actually, like, the, the graph is so wide now that it looks like the crocodile's jaws. If you, like, the actual graph looks like a crocodile opening its mouth. That's how big the gap is. So I, I'm just saying that the actual weight of public opinion does matter 
because it it strips. Man, the, oh, we're done with elite yeah. theory now. It's 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 public no, no, opinion. No well, no, well, I mean, it, even even in elite theory, the elites have to think about where a population is. Right? They can't. They can't just you know they can't just completely be at odds. I mean, let's let's imagine for a second, okay, that um, the regime wanted to become I don't know full on Hitlerian right tomorrow. The, the population wouldn't brook that, and neither would it brook going full Stalin tomorrow. Okay, i.e., uh, an elite has to weigh up what it can get away with. This is an often missed point in elite theory. I think they can't just get away with anything. They have to consider, you know, and they then have to start making deals. That's and trading they, have, they have to mold. They have to mold what they have to work with. They can't just fabricate everything. Right. I mean, and that's why up until fairly recently, in fact, still, um, every uh, American president has to at least pretend to be Christian, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and you even see this in other countries, right? You see it in other countries, like um, an example I would give to people is in Turkey. If you look at uh, Erdogan, right, recently uh, there have been huge crowds protesting against Israel in Turkey, okay? And Erdogan, he just gets on the mic and he, he kind of cheers along with them, even though it's clear from his actual actions he has no, like, you know, he's not actually going to do anything about what's okay. happening in Israel at all. Um, but, you know, for the good of his own regime in Turkey, he has to play along with where the, the weight of public opinion is, right? Um, so, so that's the first thing. Second thing is that I think much of the regime media, I'm talking New York Times, I'm talking CNN, I'm talking, I'm not talking like, you, you, there are the crazies, like there's MSNBC, Maddow, you know, The Guardian, you know, you, you've got your like left wing publications, right? But there, there are other media outlets which are more, they like to present themselves as being the adults in the room. <laughs> <laughs> and CNN, the New York Times is still kind of, you know, uh, I mean, it's hard to say it with a straight face, but they still like to think of themselves as being um, serious kind of bellwethers uh, for polite opinion. And mm -hmm. I have noticed that all year they've basically been prepping for a Trump presidency, um, uh, by which I mean that Brandon, that is Joe Biden, has lost his plot armor. You know, there was a moment, and I don't know when it happened, maybe maybe back in January or February, where it's like, right, the press are going to, they're going to criticize Biden from now on. They're not going to protect him from like Hunter Biden stuff or economy stuff or, you know, you know, they've gone, they've, and so what I'm saying is, is that on CNN or in the New York Times, you now regularly see articles that are critical of, uh, of of Brandon. And I'm also not seeing in those publications the same degree of uh, Trump derangement syndrome. In fact, it's much oh. more... Oh, no. Okay, sorry. Right, I wait, got... Hold on a second. I'm sorry. Hold I have to second. step in here. I have to step in here. Go on, go on, go on. The, the, the Washington Post had the, like, prepare for the Trump dictatorship uh, <laughs> thing. <laughs> they, they have a whole series of Trump derangement syndrome talking about how he's going to 
jail his enemies and basically do everything they are going to do. Washington Post, though, is that serious publication? I mean, it's talking about regime bellwether. It is a regime bellwether. No, BBC, NYT, Tier One, CNN, right? I mean, if you go on BBC or CNN and so on, there will be articles there that basically voice concern about Democrats' overreach. And it'll be the headline will be something like I read one earlier on. You know, Colorado has just put a rocket fuel under Trump's base and stuff like this. It's like. I.e., their narrative is that this is going to backfire or it's not a good idea. They had they weren't up for the FBI raid. They weren't. Up, they've not really been up for the indictments, and they're not up for this. In my I'm, in like that's my read. All right, I'm going to play this right here. I'm going to I'm going to play the. I want to I want to look at the rhetorical groundwork that is being laid right now. To the um, to the Republican candidates arguing. Oh, wait, this MSNBC. Wait, stop, stop. You, you've, this is the equivalent of. Playing like, um, what's that channel that loves Trump? Like, uh, <laughs> like, like you know, uh, Newsmax or whatever they were called. Sure, they sure, call sure. Yeah, Newsmax. I mean, okay, so th- this is a very far left publication. Okay, just just CNN. stay with me. Let's 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 right. play this. You you can you can poo poo it later here. But you should have the say and not the courts. Why are you standing with Confederates who betrayed this country and? This is what they're standing with, is the spirit of those Confederates, rather than the Americans who came together after a long and brutal civil war that was fought to keep the Union together, uh, and saw, clearly saw, a threat in ex-Confederates running for office, so much so that they amended the Constitution to prevent those traitors from running for office. That should send a message that our election system, our electoral system can be used for nefarious purposes against the democracy itself. She's she's directly calling for the end of democracy to save democracy. She's laying the groundwork. She's saying basically January 6th was another civil war. It's like the American Civil War and therefore we are. We can legitimately remove all political opposition in order to save the United States. We have to eliminate all possibility of our political opponents being elected. You can't tell me that that's like them backing away from Trump derangement system. Well, MSNBC has got there. You've got to understand. Just like there was QAnon, there's blue anon. There's the blue anon guys. There are the, the you know they're so blue. They're so it. You know it's the Maddow crowd. And they're a small contingent. I don't know how many people MSNBC actually gets these days. 100,000 people, something like that. Um, Which are basically the crazies of the left. So you're basically shining a spotlight on the crazies of the left. And I I would say that there's a much bigger contingent of moderate, moderates who are actually generally worried about the direction the country is going in and um, have decided to not go all in on this sort of stuff um which is why i i reckon you're getting basically a split in in regime storytelling if you want where whereby <clears throat> washington post and msnbc and some of these guardian is on board which is basically the left right the 
the kind of hardcore vanguard left, um, and then a divergence between them and the CNNs and the New York Times and, uh, you know, uh, let's say in this country it would be the Times, um, which are the, econ the Economist is a, a important, um, the Financial Times. These are regime bellwether. Foreign policy is another one that you can read. All of these have become uh, highly dubious of these sort of shenanigans because, you know, there's intelligent people who still work there, you know, despite idiocracy. Um, and, you know, they're not stupid. They can see that this is going to cause trouble. And that they're, so I'm, I'm just saying that, you know, where the, we have seen the regime when it's unified, right, in messaging. We saw it in uh, on Russiagate. They were unified on that. They, they were unified in their messaging on COVID, right? And they were unified in their messaging on the 2020 election. Those are three times we've seen the regime walk in lockstep. Mm -hmm. And there was almost no dissenting voices, one or two. Okay, on this, I'm not seeing that. I'm they're all over the place. They're scrambled, which um, suggests to me that there's a kind of desperation to a lot of these moves. <laughs> I just want to say the walls are closing in, but you know. So, so, so that just reminds me of like the beginning of COVID, where they scrambled, but then they all kind of lined up after. But I mean, you may you might be right that they're 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 uh, splintering their narrative a little bit, but I don't think that means that they've given up. That just means that they're incompetent. And I think it's important for the bets, you know, for for the for, uh, you know our, our political analysis and the bet are, are separate things here. I agree with you that some of that is occurring. Remember, the bet is that the in, that the regime will intentionally put the woke away, and that's and that's why I go ahead and go to number three because because I think yeah. number three is correct. I think the phenomenon you talk about is happening, but I don't think that's the regime making well, a decision. I just, a, that's a win, and you can't just count you can't just count right wing wins as as a the regime putting the woke away. That's not the same thing. You've got to understand that things take time, right? So so in this country, do you remember when Jeremy Corbyn was the leader of Labour? Who was like, who's an all out proper like communist leftist, right? Right. It took Keir Starmer almost two years to put all those crazies to bed. And like he literally was purging them. It was like watching, uh, it was like, he was literally like Stalinist, the way he was just absolutely purging the left from the party. And it was like the neoliberals are back in town, right? Um, and I, I don't know what it is with Biden. I mean, Biden's very hard to get a handle on partly because he's old and incoherent and you know everybody knows he's not really in charge um but it seems to me that the democrats are basically where labor were they've let a lot of the crazies take over and um it's going to take time i mean i've got a different uh, uh map here uh this is something i made uh, ages ago where if, if you, you know, when we talk about uh, Bertrand de Juvenel, rival castles and the different mm -hmm. castles that you need to capture uh, in order to, uh, you know, take, o take over the uh, governing and the non-governing elite. Um, I've got one here. We've got one, Twitter. That was Elon Musk, right? And we'll right. talk about him in a second. But there are many others, 23 in all, that the regime at least at the start of this year, fully controlled. Investment banks, asset managers, central banks, government, lobby groups, MSM, uh, various educational funding bodies, universities, think tanks, the legal profession as a whole, 
law enforcement, that's the police, the judiciary, secret services, arts institutions, uh, NGOs of various kinds, corporate management, right? This is your CEO level, okay? And charitable, charitable foundations. And you, should have, you should have added the military. They have that one too. Yeah, I, I, I deliberately left the military off um, because, uh, well, reasons. <laughs> because if you control the military, that's kind of like a much bigger castle, right? Uh, but we could we can talk about that another time. Mm. Um, the, the important point here, though, is that if you can imagine there there are tw there are twenty three individual separate wars going on in each of these arenas right now and in fact we even know some of the generals right the battle the battle against the universities that's chris rufo and and his friends who are, who are who are leading the charge there um the uh you know uh let's have a look uh, and i'll t and i'll talk you through some of the others um uh, as we get through but it's just something for people to bear in mind that you know it could be that you're winning a battle in one place, but you're losing it in another place, or that you're nowhere in somewhere in another place. Yeah, let's like, work down example, our list here because otherwise we'll yeah. we'll never get through it. Yeah. So, so we've got uh, Tucker, Vivek, and Elon Musk smashing Overton with a sledgehammer. Boomercon's being forced to shift, right? Because of because of that, um, we've got Bud Light, which are now so desperate they've hired Kid Rock. Who's literally? I mean, Kid Rock is literally now a Trump minion, right? And they're hiring him, basically begging the American public to start buying their but, rubbish beer again. You know. But again, like well, those are I think you're right that those those uh, phenomena that phenomenon's happening. But isn't that just a win on the right? Is that is that evidence that the left is putting the woke away, or is it just evidence that the right is finally oh, winning a battle? I would I would say it's capturing the castle of Bud Light because Bud Light instead of going up trying to capture and virtue signal to the woke, basically hiring Kid Rock and hanging out with Donna White, that is virtue signaling to the to the conservatives. It's virtue signaling. It's MAGA signaling, if you want to put it that way. Mm -hmm. So in a way, it doesn't really matter that Anheuser-Busch hasn't gone out of business. You were never going to put them out of business, but you know, you've kind of forced them to start begging you instead of begging the wokes. Um, Fifth point, along similar lines, Disney have had one of their worst box office years in recent history to the extent where they fired their CEO, they brought in Bob Iger, and, you know, a couple of days before he was feeding with Elon Musk the other day, you know, Elon Musk told him to F off, mm -hmm. um, Iger literally made a statement saying that the product has a bit, had too much political messaging and, you know, people don't want to see these political movies, so he wants to move the Disney product away from politics, so... You know, that, that is basically one of the, I mean, Disney own like what half of all the media now or a third of all the media. And that, that's the CEO of Disney saying, listen, I have the intention. I see the problem. I want to put the woke away, basically, or at least I want to make it more subtle so it's not so in your face. Right. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll have something to say about that. But go ahead and do six because I think they're related yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, the sixth one, ESG, Vanguard, the, the biggest asset management firm in the world said they're going to stop doing ESG, essentially. And BlackRock is now under intense scrutiny um, on ESG measures, not just in every state in America, who have got a lot of... Um, there's a lot of lawfare against BlackRock who are being sued around the board for their ESG practices. But also in Europe now, even the European Union is now saying 
we're, we're going to start regulating this ESG business and take it away. Like it's not fair that these firms have so much power, right? Seventh point, and well, I'll, I'll just okay. finish the so, point. Yeah, let, let me let me uh, do five and six real quick, just because they okay, they they work together, yeah. and because I'm going to agree with you on seven. So, but I want to bring something up on five and six. So the the thing with five and six is you're right that the, these statements have been made publicly, but we have both talked about the way that the ratchet works, right? That they lock in their gains and then they move forward. So I think you're right that Disney and and some of these investment firms are publicly going to make these statements of oh we're going back to the good old days we're going to blah 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 but all of that wokeness is still going to be there they're going to they're going to take a slight edge they're, they're not going to push things further for a moment but they're going to lock in all of those gains all of the wokeness that was that was already in the pipeline all of the things that had been foisted on the public that's just going to get baked in they're still going to be doing trans kids stuff they're going to still be doing you know uh, repl replacing characters color replacement race replacement on all these race swaps and stuff other movies it's they're 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 gonna they're gonna continue to do this they're just going to stop giving as much lip service while they lock those gains in and then they're gonna accelerate the minute that they think that the coast is clear again i mean i i i feel like that um the right and you and everybody basically overestimate the extent to which the blm push was a win for the left because BLM has left basically no lasting. I mean, okay, they may have claimed a couple of statues and stuck a few George Floyds here and there, but in terms of under the hood, uh, there was a. Ma I mean, if I should have put this. This is point unofficial point eleven here. <laughs> twenty 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 three saw there were so many of them. I even forgotten the ones. Right, this is a huge one. Twenty 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 three saw a massive purging of um, DEI executives and departments basically across the entire corporate world um, to the point where diversity gurus were struggling to be hired. And I think it's like a 75% decrease in DEI stuff. These were all promises that these companies made in the hysteria of BLM. And it's basically fizzled like a firework. It's gone, you know, now BLM is kind of three years away. They've all turned their back on all these things. Because they've seen the backlash, um, because you know they're they're suffering. Like it's one thing to virtue signal when the economy is going well. The economy is not going well, suffering from inflation. People don't have as much money. Uh, people can see things are heading in the wrong direction, and all of these companies, even as big as they are, are struggling to make money in this environment. So it's important. Even even the vanguards and the black rocks, you know, it, it's like they're making uh, only eight billion as opposed to like. 50 billion or something or right. you know um or trillion in the case of uh, these companies but you understand what i'm saying right it, it, these sure. are big shifts for them um so i do think that these are all signals seventh one is the white boys back in the military ads are on very yeah. important that that one's real i'll give you that one the regime panicked i think they saw the recruitment numbers i think they 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 started spitting in the eye of people who can actually fight wars and uh they they realized that uh they 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 could they could not uh, roll in the next foreign project with the current recruits they have. So then um, uh, you see, it's it's pointless quoting stats of recruitment for the year when these DI people were still in. You've got to remember there's a lag, right? So it's next year's recruitment numbers you're going to need to look at, not this year's. They've all just been fired, those those executives who made those hires. So mm. uh, anyway, 
number nine, uh, sorry, number eight, this year's batch of Chris every year, me and my friend Pharaoh review all of the Christmas ads. There was a marked decrease in woke adverts. In fact, there were almost no woke adverts. There was a lot of what I would call fresh prints messaging. The most important advert, and I did see you and Sargon coping. I was going to say, I, I'm with Carl Benjamin on this one. He said, I don't think uh, this hopes. is a, yeah, I, I don't think that's correct. Have a look at Apple's advert, the Apple's big Christmas advert for this year. It features, it features basically a black woman, right, who um, works in this kind of horrible little office in London. And her boss is like an old white guy. And he basically like tells her off, you know, he points to his clock, he points to his watch because she's a little bit late for work. And she basically has like these voodoo fantasies at home where she dreams about killing him. In yeah, bed. again, all of this is, you're making my case for me, but right, keep right, going. But wait, wait. <laughs> that is not how the, the advert is. Uh -huh. Then on her way, like he gives her a Christmas present, which makes her kind of, you know, it thaws the ice a little bit. And then she's on her way back home from work one day and she sees this, uh, her boss, alone in a restaurant eating a bowl of soup, looking a bit sad. And the advert ends with George, literally George Harrison singing about how we're all the same, you know, that the world living as one, the colorblind, you know, it's literally the Beatles, okay, as she sits down with her boss and tries to befriend him you know after all he's not that bad and the whole messaging is maybe the black woman shouldn't have been like she's been a bit hasty in her hatred and resentment and he's just a human being after all see, isn't that nice see this this isn't is just nice? the lock-in right the lock-in here is okay well you know yes he's bad yes he's inherently probably a sexist and a racist Yes, he probably has power over her because of structural inequalities, but they just decided to tell us to not kill each other this time, right? Like that was the, <laughs> that's the only difference, right? No, normally, no, I feel I feel normally like they're playing that Radio Rwanda of like, no, you should you should hate each other the whole time, and, and they just it's a retreat. Like, I would say it's a retreat to Eddie Murphy, you know, forty eight hours. You know, I'm a black guy, you're a white guy, but we're both Americans. I yeah. don't know. I I, I think they're locking in most of that, and they're just dialing back the the most egregious and violent thing they're saying. You know that's that's the only thing they 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 dial back. But we'll have to agree to disagree on that one. I right. number nine is clearly a win for me. You just put nine up there oh, wait, so I could win wait, this one. Go wait, ahead. Wait, Liz McGill actually resigned. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So, so she resigned. She was a, she was a woke university boss who resigned. Okay, Claudine Gay is under intense pressure and she was given the backing of the board right aka the kiss of death it doesn't matter what sport you watch or what field you're in if you ever get the backing of the board <laughs> you are going to be fired within three months so this is Claudine a horrible Gay. no this this is a horrible read you got a horrible read on this one so so the way to read this one is both of the all of these university presidents came under pressure because they refused to you know, ban Palestinian, pro-Palestinian or anti-Israel uh, protests on their campuses, right? They all got this simultaneously. However, Liz McGill, who should have been protected under the previous understanding of wokeness, was canceled. Yes, she had to resign. However, that's because she was not part of the DEI structure. She did not have the points, the DEI points. 
Now, Claudine Gay is black. And even though she had all of these uh, plagiarism accusations that people like Chris Rufo were bringing to light, Harvard doubled down on her and remove and refused to remove her. So what we see here is a the civil war inside the woke. And uh, and it's very clear that certain people still have plot armor, but some people are losing their plot armor. Now, that is a very interesting development inside the left. However, that is a clear win for the woke that that the the, the true adherents that, you know, the pro-Palestine side, the, you know, kind of the DEI aligned uh, hires, they are are uh, invincible. However, the woke white woman, kind of the 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 affluent uh uh, white women, uh, white liberal women who used to be defended by it, they're no longer defended by it. That, I think that is, a, I think that's a clear victory for the woke, not a defeat. I, I feel, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like this is a spiteful reading of the situation, and that if you want McIntyre, we can add a second. You know, like cigars come in different sizes. Oh, is a side bet happening right? here? You want to have a side bet, a little petty corona on the side. <laughs> By 14th of May 2025, do you believe that President Gay is still in charge of Harvard? No, is but I don't think. No. All right, so she's not going to survive. Oh, well. No, are. no, no. There's, there's a difference. She will eventually move on to something else or she'll quietly be phased out. But it will not be a oh, capitulation this. to this thing. She she probably won't be there in twenty twenty five. But I think Come most on. university presidents are going to turn around like that. I mean, you've got to you've got to have a look, right? Do you remember that woman in the in the um, in the Bud Light? They didn't fire her straight away. It took her a couple. It took her like took them like two months to get rid of the executives in charge of Bud Light. Mm -hmm. You know, I believe in Rufo. Rufo, if you're watching this, you got you just keep your keep your targets on president gay and she'll be gone come the new year all right i'm sure chris Doesn't appreciates that vote of confidence <laughs> so, <laughs> so the 10th tenth, the tenth one is that the economist just a week ago has declared that anti-woke activists are winning the culture war in america here is the article if you uh, want to see it mm -hmm. there's the economist um, and what's really interesting is uh, some of the stats they lay on here, because um, they basically quote some kind of left-wing cope about anti-woke groups kind of not winning in 2021, 2022. But I just want to go down to the broader election, broader education policy is yielding to similar pressure. According to Education Week, 44 states have introduced bills or taken other steps to restrict CRT since January of 2021. 18 have imposed bans or limits. Conservative activists may have lost most of the school book battles, but in many ways they are winning the war. Um, and there are many other little victories they mention along the way in this article. So I'm just saying that it's important to recognize that the, the war isn't won overnight. And, you know, great work is being done um, and it just takes a little bit of time, which is why I set it for May 2025. Uh, and of course, the Empire is going to want to strike back a little bit uh, in the meantime. But every time they do so, they're looking weaker and weaker. I mean, come on, these these are really pathetic moves, these ones against Trump. And I, I don't think, I mean, let's be, let's be, I mean, Viva Fry made, a, I, uh, just before I came here, I watched a video by Viva Fry. And he basically just said, like, if you read the scene, this is basically kayfabe for blue and on, right? This is like this 
it's literally written in that it like they've stayed their judgment until January, whatever that means. But it's also written in that, you know, pending a Supreme Court judgment, Trump will actually stay on the ballot in circumstances X, Y, and Z. So it's literally like if you read it, it's not what it seems. And I trust Viva Fry because he's an actual lawyer. <laughs> so there we are. <laughs> All right. So I want to go ahead and take a look at a development that has occurred uh, while we were preparing for this. So this is my steel chair. I'm pulling it out from under the ring. All right. So so Razor Fist, um, uh, who I think most people are probably familiar with, he's a, he's a, a very uh, fun political commentator. He, he makes this prediction. He says a, the a state level court in Colorado using a federal level in, uh, amendment as a pretext to remove a candidate from a ballot in a federal election is some uh, laughed clean out of court cock and bull. But the point isn't uh, isn't for it to be necessarily to stick. It's intended to trigger a cascade to normalize this for other blue, purple and purple stage states, which is why it isn't enough to merely overturn this as a Supreme Court level. They need consequences such as disbarment or, yes, even prosecution of the prosecutors must be imposed. So he's saying, OK, yeah, maybe they think that and they obviously they stayed their own decision to wait for the, the Supreme Court to respond. So obviously uh, there's some questions for in their minds there as to whether even the Supreme Court would allow them to attempt to use the 14th Amendment in this way. However, I think that Razor Fist ends up being proven correct because right after he posts this like you know maybe maybe uh five or six hours after he posts this we get this announcement that the california lieutenant governor has urged the secretary of state to explore the legal options to remove the former president from california's primary ballot here and we can see that there's a formal request by the uh lieutenant governor of California to seek any and all means uh, to remove just like Colorado did. So it's clear that there is now a virtue signaling cascade that's going to occur across all blue states to attempt to remove Trump from the ballot. Now, even if this isn't successful, and I think ultimately it, it probably won't be successful uh, because of the kind of conservative Supreme Court at the moment, but even if this isn't successful, this is an accelerant, man. You have to agree with that. If every blue state attempts to remove Trump from the ballot, that is going to put things to a fever pitch. That That is just trying to what blow they just lose? I mean, if the Supreme Court overturns one, they'll overturn them all. They'll just overturn all 18 of them. But, but even the attempt has to be an insane acceleration of political tensions in the United States, right? I mean, like. I mean, I mean, what, what is this McIntyre? Right? I played Viva Fry. You come back with Razor Fist. <laughs> so we're like, we're like playing Magic the Gathering with like... Uh, Counterspell. Okay, I'm going to play Steve Turley on you. Here's, here's Steve Turley's analysis. Look. I'm not prepared. No, I, that, that's the ultimate uh, the ultimate card. Yeah, look, look. Wait, wait for this own. Share the screen. Huh? Oh, no. No, no. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Trump just won 2024. Devastating. Backlash imminent. Libs Devastated. owned. I have, I have, I, how, I, how can I, I cannot respond. Turley clearly <laughs> is in your corner. And uh, I mean, if you and Steve are on the same side, then how, how, how could I be right? Um, so I, <laughs> the Turley card <laughs> has been played. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I, I appreciate you coming in. I, I still think that there is a clear and definitive case uh, that you should just throw in the towel that I've already uh, won, uh, that th this is this one is over. However, 
if you continue to be need the embarrassment of another year of devastating defeats at the hands of my predictions, then who am I to deny that to you? Uh, I will happened, continue cigars. What happened on this stream? It was <laughs> WrestleMania five. You thought you were Macho Man. You dropped the big elbow, but then the finger point, the Hulk up, <laughs> the, the big boot, the leg drop. Yes. <laughs> All right, cheers, Aaron. All right, man, thanks for coming by. All right. All right, guys, thanks to Academic Agent for coming in. Uh, un the unexpected appearance, but uh, I think we can all agree that I clearly devastated him. It's, I, you know, he had a point or two uh, in, in his favor, but I think clearly so many of his points were, were overcooked, and I think uh, overall the, the evidence is clearly uh, in my favor. However... Uh, we do have uh, plenty of super chats here, so let me go ahead and start to work my way through here. Uh, Tim Miller here says, "AA lost the the moment he shook hands with you." Yeah, I I look, I still firmly believe that the cigar is mine or cigars. I guess there there's some unspecified number of cigars in question that were discussed. He thought it was uh, only one, even though he said multiples. Still a point of contention, but that's fine. Uh, I, I think it is it is over him for him, but I, I will allow him to continue uh, his attempts to secure the cigar here. Deuce Boogaloo for twenty dollars. Thank you very much, sir. The Colorado court has essentially guaranteed two things: the real uh, the reelection of Donald Trump, and that America will be in a hot. I'm not going to say that just because of YouTube before the end of 2025, especially with the U.S. Supreme Court only restoring Trump to the ballot six three. Um, I would certainly say that I so I. I would say that Trump was already in a position to win before we got here. Um, I think that that's already was the case uh, moving, moving towards that. Now, will they strike that, uh, that ability? I mean, if they do, then you really are in a true constitutional crisis. Um, but, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I, will the Supreme court save the left from kind of their own devices they might uh that that's entirely possible but it's very clear that the left if the woke is put away it will not be because the left did so it's because conservative forces managed to save them from kind of their own uh heading towards the cliff and i think that's the key of the bet the whole point of the whole point of saying put the book away this is the problem is academic agent keeps missing he keeps mixing in any conservative victory as evidence for his side that the elites are putting the woke away that's not how that was not the nature of the bet the bet was that the left would intentionally dial this back, that the, those in power would intentionally step away from the craziness. And so I don't think he can just bring up every victory by Chris Rufo or every victory handed down by, say, a Supreme Court and say, well, that's evidence that the left is putting the woke away. That, that's, that's not what that is. You, you have to show evidence that the left is intentionally. Now, when you say BlackRock is stepping away, when you say Disney is stepping away, when you say that a uh, Biden-run U.S. military is is looking to change the recruitment, okay, those are arguments. Those are real arguments. But just pointing to things that Chris Ru Chris Rufo is doing correctly and saying, well, oh, that's the left putting the woke away. No, that's garbage. Those are those are cheap points. They don't count. Uh, Creeper Weirdo here says my argument is the left is too petty. Enough said. I th I think that's correct. I think that is correct, sir. Uh, Davis Soar here says Merry Christmas and total Oren victory. Thanks to Bidenflation. I can only buy you Swishers. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate your donation, even though it will not uh, bring about the finest cigar. I, I appreciate your support there. Uh, Juice Bugalo says, as a Hoppian, the de facto end to the farce of democracy is making me euphoric. Again, yeah, I mean, they're, they're trying to change the name. 
they're trying to change what democracy means, which is an amazing thing. Uh, but they've done that with all kinds of other uh, phrases. They've done that with racism and equality and all of these things. So why not try it with uh, with uh, with democracy, right? But but yes, it, it is essentially being removed. Whatever democracy used to be, it will not be now. Which, by the way, I made a video, I think a couple of years ago now, about talking about why democracy was already dead, in which I already predicted a lot of this stuff. So if you'd like to see those predictions come true, you can check that out. Uh, Binary Surfer, how's it going, man? He says, uh, as I've been saying for some time, you cannot just put the woke away any more than you can just turn a jihad in a jihadi into an atheist. Too much momentum. I tend to agree with you there. I believe that the woke are true believers. And I think that's a apt comparison that uh, that that's like trying to tell jihadists, oh, well, no, just believe in something else. You know, just just to stop and believe in something else. That, that's not how this works. Uh, let's see here. Tiny Rick says the most dangerous animal on the planet. Thank you. Yeah, I guess, you know, depending on how you, they, they, they phrase that, uh, you, you could see it that way. But yeah, no, that's definitely uh, definitely an interesting way for them to address white people in that video. Uh, Creeper Weirdo, uh, academic levels of cope. Absolutely. Uh, he says also Hulk Hogan is running in for Prez. Come on. AA really? Yes. I, I do love that a comes in uh, you know, glow in the dark says here comes AA with the chair. Uh, absolutely had that live commentary as he broke through in to make his case. Uh, binary surfer once again says one of the three things will stop Trump. Uh, one, no election, uh, which I don't think will happen Two, unprecedented fortification. I think that's far more likely or three Trump is blocked from running again. Uh, nobody is coming to save us, uh, sadly. Yeah, I think that uh, it's definitely going to be two or three, uh, probably two uh, over everything. Uh, but, uh, you know, that we have all the people hoping that uh, Trump is blocked from running in kind of the Republican primary, but I don't think that that's going to end up working for them. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, Precocious Heretic says, if the work of Professor Ed Dutton is accurate wouldn't it seem that the woke won't go away for generations for deeply ingrained reasons yeah i think that's true that it's being uh you know, that that the kind of uh leninism has layered it in and that it's going to continue to be the case that they're going to continue to inherit those beliefs and that understanding of the system for a long time again i think a lot of what aa is hoping for is like the retrenchment of the ratchet is the stuff that he's going to he's going to win on where things continue to be woke but they're not pushing the language they're not advancing as fast so all of the woke uh, victories stay with us uh but they don't they don't push as hard i think he's going to try to count that as a win uh i, I don't think that really qualifies but obviously he's going to argue that case uh tom says uh evening both of you which country in the west do you think is the most screwed at the moment australia uk usa canada germany etc it's the UK, isn't it? Uh, that's a good question. So the interesting thing is, of course, I think that the United States is kind of ground zero for a lot of this stuff because it is the core of the empire. However, it also, because of that, has the most pushback because there is a real opposition inherently built into the United States. I think that uh, woke this was largely a war uh, on half of the United States from the beginning. Uh, and it continues to be so. And so the United States has the most pushback, even though it's kind of ground zero. I think places like Canada uh, or maybe Germany are probably the most uh, in danger. Uh, Canada in particular, its entire, the problem, you know, UK is bad. It's in a bad place. But Canada's entire identity is just not being America. 
It's just being a more liberal America. That's that's Canada's entire identity. I know there are some based Canadians out there. I'm, I'm friends with many of them. Uh, but but in general, the candidate, the Canadian political identity is one of just being a more progressive version of America and being opposed to uh, to like red America from Canada. So I think you the Canada might be the most dangerous place. Uh, Coney current year says I propose the bet should be raised to a cigar box. That was always my intention. I am very confident in my ability to win. I am more than happy to go ahead and officially uh, increase the bet. Should uh, academic agent like to put his cigars where his mouth is, uh, which I guess is how you smoke a cigar. But anyway, uh, the devastator here says, uh, my sweet American summer child, Orin, you have not yet won. As Thomas Howell said, count ye not the chickens that hatch that haven't yet hatched be waywards as wind till they find certainty. Uh, yes, I understand uh, that I am calling it early, but again, I thought it was the mercy rule. I was just trying to save academic Asia, the continued embarrassment of uh, kind of losing point after point, but it seems like he's determined to battle on even in the wake of these amazing developments. So we'll continue to, uh, to have cigar slam going forward. Tom says, probably a silly question is free speech. Something is free speech, something that if the DR got into power, they should support. If the marketplace of ideas doesn't work, it seems uh, it seems it's a tool your enemies can use to attack you. So the the most important thing to understand here is what does free speech mean uh, in in context? Does free a lot of people say, well, free speech means being able to say whatever you want, whenever you want. Obviously, that has never existed in the United States. Uh, there were blasphemy laws in the United States. There were obvious restrictions well after the First Amendment was written on what people can say or do uh, along the lines of the First Amendment. Uh, I think that uh, things like pornography or other things that have been qualified as speech under our current uh, understanding of free speech laws clearly were never the intentions of the Founding Fathers and continuing that kind of free speech, that, that, that doesn't make any sense. I don't think it's in line with any of the things that actually are intended by free speech. Now, what free speech actually probably meant was the ability to oppose, uh, you know, political uh, candidates to say, okay, I, I, I don't think that this is right, or I have the ability to uh, say that the government is wrong about that. That's what free speech is actually entailing. It's not the ability to to just say anything you want at all times for any reason. So should the should the dissident right uh, say that you should empower that? Well, I mean, there's there's a lot of questions wrapped into that. First, we're kind of probably assuming that there would still be uh, that there would still be democracy in this scenario, because uh, if if democracy doesn't exist, then does the free speech even necessarily matter? I think it's very interesting. If you go back and look at the histories of a guy like, uh, like Cassius Dio, he writes one about Octavian taking power, Caesar Augustus. And he's having a debate between kind of two of Caesar's most close uh, uh, advisors, uh, his general and his financial advisor. And one of them is arguing for whether or not you should kind of have free speech, whether you should allow for dissent or, and the other is arguing whether or not, you know, that that really uh, should exist. And if you're in a politically, you know, secure position, then free speech isn't really a problem because you're not worried about whether or not it's actually going to like wreck your ability to maintain power. However, if you're in a constantly uh, tumultuous political position, 
then free speech is more of a danger to your regime. Now, any wise regime that is confident in its ability is going to allow a certain amount of rhetorical freedom because that's a pressure release valve. One of the ways you know that our current regime is actually in serious trouble is they're trying to crack down on what has been ostensibly this freedom of speech in the United States because that actually increases the pressure. It removes the pressure release valves. Uh, and so should you uh, support this? It depends. It's, it's, it's really a, a more complicated question. It's going to depend on the political situation. It's going to depend on uh, what mechanisms are being deployed in the, in kind of in the political system uh, and, and what the body, body politic is capable of. I, I know that's a little bit of a dodge, but I, I do think context there does matter. All right. Uh, <laughs> Bert Hole says, you got this, Oren. Thank you very much, man. I appreciate your support. Uh, Glow in the Dark here says, right wing Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel, life points are a box of cigars. My opinion is that it's still a game, but based on history, uh, Woke will just be, uh, will just regroup and research. I agree with you. Uh, I don't think I don't think that Academic Agent has no points, but I think it's clear that at the end of the day, I'm going to end up winning uh, this one. Uh, let's see. Uh, do so. I'm going to skip that question just for the interest of keeping the channel nice and monetized. But thank you for your support. Uh, Prince of Parma there says uh, support for anti-Satanists. Yes, I just uh, released a article about uh, the conservative case against uh, <laughs> against satanic altars. Amazing that you have to make that case these days, but you do. And so I went ahead and published that. I'll probably make a video about it tomorrow. Uh, but uh, yes, that that is now an actual debate happening on the right, if you can believe it or not, in the year of our Lord, 2023. Um, let's see. Uh, Deuce Bigelow says uh, Canada is literally uh, singing their national anthem in Punjab now at sporting events. It's so over. Yeah, not really familiar with uh, events in Canada, but thank you there, sir. Uh, Truth Enjoyer says. What would it take to break the friend enemy distinction alliance between woke Western left and the trad Islamic third world groups? How would conflict between them start uh, and then play out? So a couple things to remember about this conflict. I think if the United States was in the position that say Europe was in there, there'd be a very different dynamic and you are seeing parts of the left realize that uh, they they've kind of put themselves in this position specifically after the events in Israel, all of a sudden, all these people who ignored uh, the kind of fact that uh, Islam had transformed, that Muslim immigration had transformed their nations, suddenly noticed the minute that those people were chanting from the river to the sea. And so uh, I think they already have seen how would that friend-enemy distinction break up. Now, the question is, can it crack up? Can that split occur in the left um, with, with kind of the rhetoric that the left has already advanced? I'm not sure it can. I think one group might just win and one group might just lose. You might shear off a large amount of people from the left who don't agree with the advancing Islamic uh, uh, kind of uh, so support in many of those European countries. But I don't know if the left can actually kind of extract itself from that problem. See, one of the problems that uh, that many Americans or even you know other Westerners have when they assess whether the left will break up over this is they think that there's an ideological conflict between conservative Muslims and progressive liberals. Now, obviously there is right. Like they don't have the same values in that case. Like obviously the guy who, who is, you know, you know, advocating for trans kids does not have an ideological alignment 
uh, naturally with a, a Muslim who prefers Sharia law. However, the thing that they share is the desire to dismantle the European and Christian nations that they are involved in. Okay. And so their, their alliance was never based on ideological conformity. Their alliance was based on uh, their ability, their, their shared enemy. And that's what forms the friend enemy distinction. Okay. What breaks the friend enemy distinction when their, uh, when their stories existentially uh, threaten each other, we might have gotten to that point and that breakup might come, but I don't know if we're there yet. Uh, finally, the devastator, uh, what are your recommendations to fight the woke? Can we ever escape this living hell? Conservatives, while making minor wins, don't seem capable of forcing com uh, complete change in our countries. Well, I think, uh, you know, many people, uh, uh, academic agent has referenced Chris Rufo's wins multiple times during this. I think that Rufo is certainly running an experiment on whether or not, uh, whether or not Alinskyite tactics can work uh, in defeating the left. Uh, people like Curtis Yarvin disagree with him on that. I have my own questions, but I think that Chris is doing the Lord's work. I think that he absolutely should run this experiment, and I hope for his victory at the end. So what are some of the things you can do? Well, you see you see some of the tactics that Rufo is, is, de is deploying. I think that, again, as, as I always say when asked what to do, I think that localism matters, that you have a much better case. Uh, for instance, my own state of Florida is a much uh, has seen a significant transformation uh, in the last few years. And I think you have a much better uh, chance of winning in that way uh, than you do looking for these large national victories, though you do see people like Rufo having some luck there. Uh, and then Jeb Reggie says the woke can't be put away because the woke is always being put away and brought into the public simultaneously. Wokeness is what offends the public sensibility, which is done strategically. Uh, Jeb, I would agree with part of that, though I do think the ability of them to wield it strategically has lost. So I do agree that the woke will never be put away permanently because it's key to their advancement. But I think they're losing the ability to even put it away strategically to advance their causes correctly. And I think this is the core of, of our argument. I think that I think even if you asked academic agent, he would say that the woke would never be put away forever. He's simply saying that will be strategically put away for a time. And our argument is whether or not they have the ability to do that, whether they have the self-control to do that. I don't think they can. He thinks that they can. Uh, and so that's kind of the the essence, the core of the cigar slam disagreement. All right, guys. Well, it's been a great stream. Really fun. Lots of questions. Appreciate you guys coming by. And of course, great to have academic agent burst through and do the run in to bring his steel chair of counter arguments against uh, my video here. I still think that Oren victory is imminent. I think it's very clear uh, who, who is winning at the moment, but uh, it looks like academic agent is not ready to concede this obvious victory yet. And so I will continue to have to humiliate him in this ongoing battle for the cigars. Uh, all right, guys, if it's your first time coming by the channel, please make sure that you go ahead and subscribe. Make sure you hit the notification bells. A lot of people are missing stuff. I think YouTube algorithm is having, uh, um, you know, all this stuff is hiding. And so people are like, I'm not seeing the streams anymore. Make sure you go ahead and make sure you click the bell so that you are catching these episodes when they come up. And of course, if you'd like to watch the, or catch these broadcasts as podcasts, you need to subscribe to the Roy McIntyre show on your favorite podcast platform. When you do that, a rating or review really helps with the algorithm magic. All right, guys, thank you for coming by. It's been a pleasure. And as always, I will talk to you next time.